Welcome to the High Performer Blueprint Podcast, where busy professionals learn the habits to become a high performer and live the healthy lifestyle they dream about. I'm your host, Leah Bola. Let's go. Today, we are joined by Dr. John Mike, who is an expert in human performance. I am really excited to have him on today. I've been following him for a while now. Dr. Mike, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I enjoy doing these podcasts, and thanks for everybody that, that uh, is going to be listening. I appreciate it. Uh, so I first got familiar with Dr. Mike. This was about, it'll be almost six years now. Um, was, I that went in, to, was that in Corpus Christi? And, yeah, uh, 20, Corpus Christi at the, uh, yeah, at the Texas A&M yeah. uh, campus. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was awesome. And I remember um, the presentation he had was really great. It was really informative to, you know, help us strength coaches out and everything. So I really took away from it with great information. And ever since then, I've been connected with him on IG. So he was definitely one of my uh, dream guests to have on there. So I'm happy to have him and he's going to be able to really bless us with this information on this podcast today. So I want to start off, like I said, really focusing on the performance side of it and really how people can you know, get better with the performance. So what fundamental movements should be done for like the general population to improve their performance? Yeah, good question. Um, I think it really just comes down to sticking with the, the, the basics. I mean, you can never go wrong with, uh, you know, squat, press, pull, you know, lunge, you know, hip hinging movements. I mean, these are the fundamental basis of any type of, you know, training session and, you know, their variations. And so the, that's really the best place to start. I mean, what, you know, we could go through like, you know, what type of squat? Well, I mean, if somebody, you know, can't really do a body weight squat, you should not be loading them uh, with a front squat or any type of actual like back squat, you know, do body weight, then, you know, assisted, you know, then maybe like, you know, kettlebell goblet squat, and then you move into, um, you know, split squats, and then back squat, and then front squat. So there's, there's a logical progression to really use and follow um, with squat, but also with like, you know, hinging movements. I mean, a, a hinge is a hinge, it just depends on what type of exercise, you know, that you're using. So you know, squat, push, you know, pull, you know, press, lunge, you know, hinge. Um, these are all the five to six, you know, big components uh, and fundamental movements that people should really aim to strive for. I mean, I know a lot of people on, you know, social love, like the big, crazy, complex, you know, fancy movements, but those are anywhere from maybe five to 10%, you know, of the time. I mean, think of what people actually really do the, the majority of the time, you know, the, the, the boring stuff, you know, works. I mean, it's, it's worked for decades. So um, those are the things that people really need to, to, to strive for when you're talking about how to, um, you know, use fundamental movements for, for general populations. You also look at like elite athletes too, you know, collegiate or, or professional, I mean, they're, they're doing the same thing. It just depends on the type of program that they're really doing. And, what the focus is and and what the goals are. I think sometimes when people don't focus on some of the fundamental movements, I think they may be afraid of like, okay, I don't know if I'm doing it right. And I think like you mentioned, if you just start off with, you know, the really the basic first, like you said, you know, if you can't do a bodyway squat or, you know, some of the hinges to figure out, you know, what exactly you can do. And I know you kind of mentioned it about some of the components that should be involved. So if somebody's like creating a program from scratch, like what components should be included in that program? Yeah, I mean, you always need some type of, you know, 
besides exercise choice and exercise selection, I mean, what, what's your volume going to be? What's the intensity? What's the frequency? You know, if you're working with, you know, newer clients at all, you know, most people want to start out with like five or six days a week. And I would not recommend that. It depends on what people's schedules are. But um, our, uh, aside or after the initial like assessments in terms of what they can do, um, you know, if they have any previous injuries, what the training experience is, um, you know, you have to create a program based on what they want, but also what they need as well. If you just give people what they want, you're not really addressing what they should really focus on. You know, maybe it's, you know, fat loss, maybe it's, you know, just overall total body strength, you know, look at naked.com or, you know, or whatever it may be. Um, so, but, but having the fundamental, you know, movements of what you're going to choose, you know, should be the very first step. What's the needs analysis, you know, of the, of the individual, you know, most general population people, I mean, they don't care about max strength. Um, you know, they don't care about maximizing, you know, uh, muscle hypertrophy and max muscle development. You know, they care about, you know, dropping some body fat, getting leaner, just working on overall, you know, total body strength, not really for competition, um, but a lot of them just want to use, you know, lifting and fat loss as a vehicle to extend happiness in, in other areas of their life. You know, they're not going to, you know, love it like I love it. They're not going to love it like, you know, many other people do. So that's something that you have to kind of keep in mind. Um, you know, what I would also, I would also throw in rotation, you know, as well. Most people lack, you know, power output, you know, so um putting in aspects of power and rotational things. I mean, most people, when they think of power, they think of, you know, uh, power cleans and snatch and Olympic lifting right. variations. That's, and that's not really, that's only like a very small you know piece of it. You know, you can do all kinds of rotational things with, you know, body weight, with cables, with med balls, with kettlebells, you know, all kinds of other things. So, you know, not everything is a barbell, not everything's a dumbbell, not everything is a kettlebell. Um, so, you know, creating a program that includes those components um, is, is a really great place to start. Yeah. I think that's so key to definitely have not just, you know, one specific area of movement to focus on because we know that there are many different movements that someone needs to involve. And then as well, like you really have to focus around what like specific goals are you looking to accomplish within that? Cause you're right. If you're working on something that you're not really wanting, then you're not going to get the desirable results. Yeah. So I want to focus next on some of the things that can help a little bit with the performance. So what are the top three supplements you'd recommend for someone? Um, you know, it's when I get this question a lot and when I, when I've taught sport nutrition over the years um, at the undergrad and graduate level, like I spend a lot of time and a whole like, you know, week or so just on supplements and, and it obviously depends on the goal, but there's certain supplements that almost everybody can take, you know, should be taking and, you know, maybe do need to take, but obviously creatine is, is really one of them. I mean, there's so much research on creatine I mean, there's over a thousand studies on creatine ranging from benefits from, you know, strength and power to endurance performance um, to, you know, high intensity, you know, type of bouts um, to more of the positive immune system markers and, you know, responses. Um, in the last few years, you've seen a, an increase in the uh, positive aspects of creatine with cognitive health, you know, and brain health and performance. So creatine is definitely, you know, one of them. Um, I would also throw in obviously any type of whey protein uh, is good. I mean, you know, pretty much everybody takes whey protein in some shape or form. Um, you know, beta alanine is also very good. It's, it really works as the same mechanism as creatine you know, but the dose and the timing of it is a, a little bit different. You have to take it, you know, pretty much every day for, uh, you know, 28 to 30 days to start seeing and, and 
an increase in performance, you know, versus creatine, you know, you can take it, you know, now or today and, and pretty much immediately starts, start seeing the effect. So, you know, creatine, beta alanine, um, obviously, you know, you can do, uh, you know, leucine is one of them for increases in protein, uh, you know, synthetic rates, protein synthesis, but, you know, um, whey protein also has a little bit of leucine in it as well. Um, so it also has other, uh, you know, branch chain aminos. So to take leucine plus the whey protein, um, together at, at a moderate dosage is, is a kind of counterproductive um, because you do get for every scoop of whey protein, you get about, um, you know, two and a half to three grams um, of, of BCAs and it's particularly, you know, leucine as well. But there are times that you may want to use leucine if, if, you know, if you're traveling, if you don't have your protein, you know, with you or, you know, you lack meals or, you know, for like recovery purposes, you know, those are some good things um, or good ways to actually get, you know, those in. So, um, those are some of the three. I mean, obviously there's, uh, you know, there's more, um, but typically it typically comes back around to, and obviously creatine, um, you know, beta alanine, there's obviously fish oils, um, you get more to the minerals um, and, you know, trace minerals type of thing, you know, magnesium, you know, the zinc, um, you know, those, those types of things that are typically very uh, deficient in most people. So, yeah, I mean, those, those are probably the big ones um, that I would suggest that, you know, people take. And, and, and typically those are based off, uh, you know, the science um, and, and what the overwhelming majority of the research has to say about those, uh, you know, particular supplements. So, yeah, creatine has been one I've been taking since I think 2015. And I really feel like it does make a difference. And like you said, I've, I've been actually, uh, into like learning more about it as with some of the other studies, like you said, that it has more benefits than just like that we typically think of with some yeah. of the performance levels. So uh, is there a supplement that you feel like, you know, that people use and they think is really good for them, but you think is kind of useless. Like there's not enough evidence that backs it up for the use of it. I would say, I mean, there's evidence for it, but it's not as you know clear cut as like creatine or caffeine or beta alanine. Um, I would, I would say, um, like HMB, beta hydroxymethylbutyrate, um, it, it, it's similar to creatine and caffeine. Like it has some of the same like properties, like what it does, like physiologically, but it's kind of like mixed results. Um, it's not really one of my go-to, you know, things. I mean, there's caffeine, there's creatine, there's the beta alanine, there's sodium bicarb, um, leucine, obviously whey protein. I mean, those would be probably, um, some of the, the, the top six that, I would, I would definitely suggest. Um, and there's sometimes there's, um, like citrulline malate, uh, which is found in a lot of like peri-workout drinks, um, you know, for example, to help, um, you know, with workout, um, either intensity or just, you know, maintaining a sense of like hydration purposes, you know, for workouts. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely, uh, researched some of this stuff and you're right. I've heard that, that they're not as useful as we may think. So, I know there's always a lot of debate, I feel like, within uh, us as coaches and strength coaches about, like, certain exercises and certain exercises that some people believe that people shouldn't be doing and some that should be doing. So are there, like, any popular exercises you would recommend someone avoids? Um, I would say that there's inherently, like, no bad exercises. Like, there's no such thing as, like, a bad exercise. It's just really bad application and bad 
execution. That, that's ultimately what it comes down to. So, you know, like, for example, like leg extensions, like I've never really been a huge fan of leg extensions. It's not a bad exercise. Um, it's just, there's more um, effective and efficient exercises to actually really do. Um, so yeah, I would say that there's nothing, there's no like inherently bad exercise or bad application, bad execution. So execution is, you know, the efficiency and the efficacy of the actual like lift. Um, you know, perfect example, I mean, like RDLs or like deadlifts, people screwing up all the time. So mm-hmm. while that exercise is obviously effective and, um, you know, has large benefit, the execution of that is often very poor. So people are not really maximizing the, the actual lift. They're not gaining the much, they're not gaining as much out of it because the execution is very poor. The application is great, but the execution of it is poor. So you can have exercises that are, you know, good on the execution, um, you know, bad on the application or vice versa, bad on the application, you know, good on the execution, so to speak. So it, it, it can be a mix. So, um, you know, you, you obviously want to choose exercises that give you the more like, you know, kind of bang for your buck. You know, people talk about squat, bench, deadlift, cleans, like, yeah, those things are great and everything. But I, I would argue heavily that, you know, deadlifting in terms of like a true like conventional deadlift or conventional or conventional or sumo deadlift um, is really not the greatest exercise to choose if you want to maximize like muscle hypertrophy. Um, you can do like RDLs, obviously with barbell, you know, kettlebell or dumbbells, slight variation. Um, but to do like straight up conventional deadlifts, you know, or sumos, like for, you know, volume and, and reps, I mean, you're looking at a high demand exercise, high technical demand, um, you know, and, and the higher the technical demand of the exercise, the less volume and less reps that you can, that you're likely to do. And as you do more reps, the technicality of it and the execution of it uh, decrease, you know, tremendously. So that's, that's kind of what I mean. Yeah, I like that answer because I think often, because I mean, I feel like there's so many things that are debated with certain exercises, like you mentioned with deadlift. I've, I've heard some people say, oh, don't do deadlifts because of, like you're mentioning the demand, but, you know, with sometimes if, the, if you're actually going for the strength side of it and the execution is off, then that could be the reason, like you're saying, it's not being uh, applied correctly. So I, I like that because I think often it's like, everyone wants a, like a black or white answer if it's yes or no, but there's other things that need to be considered, uh, you know, within that. So I really like that. So what tips would you give for, you know, someone that needs to really maximize the results with workouts in 30 minutes or less? Because I know many people that are listening to this. They're very busy and they don't have a lot of time to work out. So, you know, what would be the best things to maximize those workouts? And I would probably, I would probably pick maybe, two to three lower body and upper body exercises. I mean, like a hinge pattern, it could be like, you know, a kettlebell deadlift or a lunge pattern, you know, push-ups, some type of row, you know, or pull-ups, um, you know, it could be sleds or battle ropes, things that don't require a lot of setup or time to really complete and uh, exercise selection and choices that don't take a lot of physical, like, you know, demand, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you're pushed for time, I mean, you can do, you know, obviously metabolic, you know, training, metabolic resistance training, you know, aspects of, you know, high intensity interval training or, or hit, you know, you have the rowers, you got the assault bikes, you got the sleds, you know, there's also a, a whole host of like body weight movements that you can actually do. So, you know, the, there's no, Hey, you know, use this program. Like there's thousands of millions of programs out there, right. um, but it really comes back to, okay, 
what can we do in a quick amount of time to kind of get more of a total body you know, workout on here, things that don't require a lot of setup or maybe minimal equipment. And if, even if you do have, you know, the equipment, you know, available, um, you know, what are the things that you can knock out really quickly that are less physically demanding, less technical demanding, um, you know, and to really maximize what it is that you're trying to do. I mean, most people tend to just overcomplicate the shit out of this answer, um, you know, <laughs> right. but it's not, it's not really the case. I mean, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients. It's like, we have like 45 minutes. So, you know, we get in there, like we spend 10 minutes on the warm up, and then the rest of the time, like we do the workout, you know, there's what I kind of call like a three and three or maybe three lower bodies, three upper bodies. And if we have, you know, a few minutes left, we'll do like a quick finisher, um, you know, something, you know, that is a tried and true, you know, you know, finisher or whatever it may be. So th- there's, there's a lot of ways to really do it. But the last thing people want to do is just try to like overcomplicate everything. I really like that because I think that's uh, typical for people to overcomplicate everything. Like you just mentioned, like something as simple as setup, because <laughs> I think yeah. that's where something that people don't really think about, like, oh, the setting up. Because like you, like you mentioned, we know the certain movements you really have to set stuff up. And, you, you know, especially within the gym, there's things that could be so far away from each other. And it's something that I think, like you said, sometimes people just don't even think about is just well, yeah, setup. I mean, you're, if you have like 30 minutes to work out, I mean, you're not going to set up like, you know, box squats with chains on each side. You know, I mean, that's, that takes like 20 minutes, you know, just to set up and just do the movement in itself. So it's great exercise, great variation, lots of benefits, but not the best if you have limited time. Right. I think that's just something like that has to just be considered keeping it simple, understanding like that. Yeah, you have 30 minutes, you have to maximize it. And I think that's so key. So I know for so many people that they often just struggle with taking action. And one thing I always like to ask before uh, we do get off this podcast is what's the thing you would tell someone that's struggling with taking action on their journey right now? Listen, man, I do. I can go on and on about this. I mean, I think the problem that people have is there's really not a lack of information anymore. It's, it, the answer is just a, a lack of taking action and a lack of discipline. Um, you know, so most people just get paralysis by analysis. You know, they want to analyze like, oh, I got to do this and this and this, or, you know, or, or what about this? They're bombarded with all this information. And then it's like, they're so paralyzed by analyzing it, they, they really do nothing. So, you know, it's, it's pretty simple. Get a goal, get a plan, get off your ass. Um, that's pretty much what it comes down to. And, and this is the problem that people have, you know, with, and I don't, I'm, not, I'm not a big fan of all these New Year's resolutions because, you know, people start it, but they don't stick with it. They'll stick with it for like a you know, month or two months, Exactly. you know, and you have to find something that you're, you're driven towards. You have to find something that creates meaning, some, find something that creates a, a purpose. And I've always said for many years, like people would make so much more progress if they actually had something they were training for, um, you know, and you don't have to be world's strongest man or run a marathon in two and a half hours or, you know, be in the top 1% of CrossFit competitors and be on ESPN. What I'm saying is that, you know, get a calendar, write down things, you know, make a list, you know, achieve, like, you know, take action with these things, you know, put in the time. It's all the small things, you know, you get up, you have the time block, time block. Um, you know, set yourself up for, you know, success. There's going to be strugglers. There's going to be, you know, frustrations. So, you know, the quicker that you can take action, 
um, you're going to be better off in the long run. And then in the, you know, this is the long game. Like most people have um, long-term goals with a short-term mind. Um, you know, you need long-term goals with a long-term mind, but you know, you may have like short-term goals that you want to achieve and then midterm goals, you know, then long-term goals. And most people are just like, Oh, I got to do all this. Well, that's going to take six months to a year. Well, no shit, <laughs> but, <laughs> right. but, you know, focus on like, you know, your daily things, focus on your weekly things, all the small things add up over time and you set good habits for yourself and you ultimately can have success with, uh, you know, uh, lifestyle and behavioral changes. I love that. Like you said, long-term goals with a short-term mind. I think that's so key. If those don't line up, then you're going to have issues with that. So Dr. Mike, where can the audience get connected with you at? Sure. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. J. Mike, and you can um, go to my website at drjmike.com. We can sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we have a free PDF copy of like, you know, fundamental hand and foot placements. And we're in the process of um, launching a webinar for um, sometime in March. And then also in the process of creating a, like a maximal power program for people to uh, you know, purchase and try out. That's great. Definitely get connected with Dr. Mike. Dr. Mike, really appreciate you for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to ltaperformance365.com slash high performer. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you love this podcast, feel free to leave a review. And if you're ready to create your own high performer blueprint, Be sure to head over to ltaperformance365.com and we'll talk soon.